Hello everyone, you are tuning into Inspired Listening, a show that is dedicated to telling the stories of anyone affiliated with the College of St. Benedict and St. John's University. I'm your host, Michael Swearingen. Let's get started. This episode is about the nuns of St. Ben's. Each nun has experienced moments of confusion, but also of great joy. I sat down with Sister Pat Ruther, and she told me about her journey of faith. Pat Ruther grew up in South Dakota. From the very beginning, her parents wanted her to have a Catholic education. After shopping for the proper place, St. Ben's came out on top. Her parents committed to covering two years of college. Unfortunately, once those two years were up, Ruther decided she could not afford tuition. South Dakota State University was the first place she looked. It was close to home, state schools were much less expensive, and it ranked highly in home economics. At the time, St. Ben's was truly an all-women's school. The ratio of men to women at South Dakota State was 7 to 1. A year at South Dakota State went by before Ruther decided she missed St. Ben's too much. She loved the community, the one-on-one relationship with faculty, and she missed her friends. So she came back for her senior year. Ruther spent a lot of time at the Newman Center, and she says she's not afraid to say she had mostly male friends. Well, this is the clincher here. It was the fellow I just happened to be going with, not as seriously, but we were kind of dating. He looked at me and he said, you know, I don't think you're going back just to go to college. I think you're going back to enter the monastery. That was my first conscious thinking of monastery. You know, I said, are you kidding me? But after he had said that to me, I kept thinking, what did he see in me that I missed? And I couldn't quit thinking about it after that. Ruther began talking to priests at the Newman Center. They thought she might be meant for religious life, but advised she finish her senior year. I have never been known to listen to people, so I... (laughs) or at least take the advice, I listened to my heart. But I did come back my senior year, but I entered the monastery my senior year here in college. For the most part, women entered straight out of high school. Ruther was older than most women in the class. She didn't look anywhere but St. Ben's because it was her home. Ruther says she was drawn in by how happy all the nuns were. She also admired their dedication to prayer. I don't think I recognize that when I applied, but when I look back and reflect, those are the things that I think were really drawing cards for me that I just kind of blocked out. My dream had always been to be a home ec teacher, a mother, raise a family, you know, just the ordinary run of the mill. So this was a whole new ball game for me. In college, she loved attending six o'clock high mass, Ruther says she really liked to watch the sisters march in and the pomp and circumstance that went with high masses. She liked the peacefulness of it. But a lot of things changed with Vatican II, a Catholic council meant to settle doctrine issues. I remember those were hard times. Um, postulancy wasn't so bad, but the next step, moving into being a novice, uh, was right at all the time of the changes in the church the time of Vatican II, lots of things were changing in the monastery. Um, 
there was a lot more openness. People were leaving, and here I was entering. I questioned, why am I entering if all these people are leaving? Uh, I saw professed sisters doing things that we were told we couldn't do as novices. When I think about it, the poor novice director, she was between a really a rock and a hard place as I look at it. She had to stick to what was currently uh, the rules and regulations for formation while other people were starting to experiment. And we as beginners could not do that experimentation. And she may agree with the regulations or not, but she had to do it. So she was in a tough spot. Ruther couldn't decide what she wanted for herself. She says she had no trouble coming up with reasons not to leave. She had trouble, though, coming up with reasons to stay. She decided to stay, but it took a while. I actually took, we had two-year novitiate, and then I took another five years. So I took a long time to make my final monastic commitment, and I haven't regretted it. Of course, that wasn't the end of her struggle. Ruther's sister got married, and she grew jealous because she wouldn't have her own pots and pans or even her own home. I mean, that's such a little thing, but that was something that I can remember um, was, it troubled me, or I felt sad about that I was giving that up, which now seems silly, but at the time it didn't. There was something there. Ruther says living with hundreds of women can be a challenge. Like most office workplaces, dorm rooms, or social scenarios, it's rare that everyone gets along, and not everyone did. And I've been in some uh, groups where I've been uh, on mission with, where we were living together because we and we had uh, different occupations, and just personality-wise, we did not get along. That is a struggle. That is a definite struggle. These tense living situations didn't make her want to leave the community. She says, though, they might have meant leaving a living group or praying hard that the other person does. In the end, she went to counseling to figure out how to respond to these people. I don't have to like and love everybody. I don't always have to be the happy, cheerful person uh, that makes everything pleasant and fine. I have to be real. I have to be respectful. I have to um, be able to listen. But then I have to act on what seems to be the right thing. Ruther has drawn a connecting line between listening and obedience. She says she never felt like she didn't have a say. She was often asked to pray and think about each issue that arises within her life. It wasn't limiting for her. For many people, obedience means that options go away. Ruther saw them as opportunities to grow. I would have never tried a lot of those things if they hadn't, uh, out of obedience, said, I want you to be part of the vocation team. I would have never thought of myself going and talking to people and inviting people and encouraging people. Um, I probably would have never thought of myself as somebody who, uh, you know, now my background is nutrition and food and home ec. I'm in the development office. I work in desktop publishing. I do things that I never would have probably even tried to do. Ruther says facing struggles has been made easier by a strong foundation. When she was growing up, she loved to go to church. Her pastor would teach her and other children folk dances and how to play Bible scenes. In addition, her parents had a huge effect on her faith. My family uh, prayed the rosary every night, not just during May or October or Lent. It was every night. We knelt down 
kitchen, living room, wherever it was, and we prayed the rosary together. You know, as I became a teenager, that was sort of a pain, but we did it before we went out. But um, I look back, that was really a a very faith-sharing type of thing. And to see my parents doing it until, um, until they died. I mean, they prayed the rosary together. That was something they, out loud, always, every night. It was beautiful. Ruther's parents thought she would either be the first of their daughters to get married or the first of them to become a nun. When Ruther eventually became a nun, her parents were not surprised, but not everyone was so quick to accept. I remember some of their friends, it's funny when I think about it, they said to me, oh, we're so surprised, you always liked life. And I thought, oh, I still like life. Jeez, well, I was, kind of, I was kind of a rowdy person in high school. I was, you know, people that drag race down Main Street and stuff like that. But uh, so <laughs> that's what they thought about, you know, not the fact that uh, <laughs> that, um, you know, that was another side of me. I really wasn't a bad person, but I, you know, I'd like to have a good time. She would continue to have a good time, but there were moments when Ruther would feel unease. She says there were times of exploration that allowed her to eventually fill a void. I can remember feelings of being alone in a group. I, I don't know why I thought that all of a sudden, but I can remember being in college at a party or um, at an activity and all of a sudden feeling so alone, even in a crowd around me. And I think I've realized that is okay. It's your knowing that there's something deeper you're looking for than this outside stuff and that you never reach that total potential of being one until you're one with God. This year, Ruther was privileged to sing for an Easter vigil. She says she was touched by the spiritual intimacy that the experience brought. That touched me deeply. That was a privilege, and there was something... Um, I'm not a, a vocalist, but I, I knew I could do it. And it was sort of like the experience was... Once I started, well, I practiced forever. I <laughs> never practiced so hard in my life. But the night I did it, that night with everybody there and just that candle and glowing, the mic and the candle and me and everybody else, and to sing that exultant, it was sort of like something took hold of me and it was no longer me that was singing. It was, it just went and it was... Yeah, it was that I could think. Excuse me, but yes, that was a life change. That was something that I can't say uh, was a profound experience for me. I th and I think in that little short time, I even look at the Psalms differently. I look at how I pray differently because there was something that touched me that night. Yeah. Ruther is now the assistant director at the Office of Mission Advancement. She's in a different place professionally and spiritually, and she's picked up a few tricks along the way. No matter what you choose, um, you've got to tr take a risk or two and find out what you can learn. Like I said, what I've been asked to do things that I never thought I would do.
You're tuning into Inspired Listening, a show released every Friday. You can download the podcast on iPhone or on SoundCloud. Until next time. Show music written and produced by Nicholas Swearingen.